Well, Prince, God, I got a few things to tell you before we get into the word tonight. Uh, one is I was talking to Sister Annie today and visiting with her, and uh, she told me that the, uh, the pastors in the state of Oaxaca in Mexico are having a pastor's conference. Now, all this is going on without her being there uh, doing it. It's people she's trained over the years, and they're, they're carrying on the conferences. You know, I didn't know it today. And I hope she's not watching this, but uh, uh, Sister Annie's going to be 79 this year. I didn't realize that. And so she, she can't physically go do everything she's done in the past, but she's writing materials, writing stuff, um, rewrote my Holy Ghost book because she wasn't happy with her own translation she did of it. So she rewrote it, and then it's going out all over the place. And uh, so anyway... Uh, our church, we'd already sent them money. They already had money in the in the in the till down there to get it done, and they are helping for that pastors' conference going on. So you just know you're a part of that. Six hundred pastors and leaders coming down there in that state to work, and and so that's exciting. Amen. I just love to know that things are going on uh, no matter what. Praise God. And uh, <clears throat> so let me just get into the message, and I'll tell you the other. So get your Bibles out. Go to Proverbs 28.1. This is actually part two of the message I preached two weeks ago on a Wednesday night called God's Ministers or Bold Believers. I don't know what we actually title. I think God's Ministers, but Bold Believers. So um, this is I'm gonna this is gonna be a continuation, but I, I don't know if I'm gonna finish it tonight, but that's okay. Uh, it says Proverbs 28, verse 1. It says, a wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are bold as a lion. I just have in my spirit, I, I've just been doing a lot of praying and a lot of just seeking the Lord over different things going on. And uh, I just really feel like that, folks, as a, as a church and as an area, God is about to explode us. And uh, to the point that I'm, I'm looking at what are we going to do about a new sanctuary um, what's going to take place because I really feel like we're not going to be able to hold the amount of people that are going to be coming here. Um, things are happening that, 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 I mean, I know there's multiplication. I know that it's like when you throw a rock in the water, it makes a bigger ripple effect. And I know things like that, but our podcast, uh, which podcast is just the, the broadcast we're doing right now, just the audio version of it, no video has just started to just, man, it's just like forever, just going along, going along, and going along, a thousand views, I mean, a thousand, you know, not views, but listens, and and then it just started getting more and more and more, and then it went to 6,000, and we thought, oh my gosh, 6,000, and then in one month, it jumped to 8,200, and so it's just, things are just, things are just happening, and I'm just believing God that, that it's, that he's going to do everything he said he'd do, and then the other problem I have with this is that, <clears throat> Years ago, I had a vision, and, and there's three parts to the vision, and I believe this is part two because I saw people coming in from everywhere, all tattered and broken and, 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 and their lives shattered, and they were coming into this area. And y'all, you people, you, you people of the church, were doing the ministering to all of them as they came in. You were feeding them. You were helping them. You were doing all these things. And so I believe we're come to that time. But if we're going to come to that time, well, then we have to be bold believers. We have to be ministers of the gospel. We have to be able to be so confident, so bold that we know what Jesus did for us, he will do for them. That's all he's asking you to do. Whatever you know Jesus has done for you, 
And I had to stop and say this. If you're, if you're listening and you don't, Jesus ain't never done nothing for you, well, then I, I got to stop and say, well, maybe you've been doing something wrong. Hello? Because Jesus is alive and well, and he wants to be active in your life. He wants to be moving in your life. He wants to be blessing you in life, right? But we have to be bold believers. We have to be people. And right now, the, there's a pressure in the world to make Christians look bad. But I'm just telling you, we've got to be bold believers, preaching the gospel, doing what Jesus called us to do, okay? So uh, just a few scriptures I just want to touch on. You can go look it up later. But Revelations 5, 4 through 5, it says, So I wept much because no one was worthy to open the, and read the scroll and to look at it. But one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the scroll and loose its seven seals. We already have one that's gone to heaven for us. Jesus from the line of the tribe of Judah has already gone before us. He's already been made worthy, resurrected, done everything he can, sat down at the right hand of the Lord. He's sitting in heaven. He always lives to make intercession for you. Jesus, do you know, prayed for you today? You think about that. You think your day was bad. How much worse would it have been if Jesus hadn't prayed for you? Huh? Come on now. Jesus right, sitting right at the throne of the Father was Reach it over to dad, and he prayed for you, okay? He's in charge, okay? Other scriptures, I've already given you these, Mark 16, 19, Ephesians 1, 20, that, that Jesus, he's in charge. Hello? I'm sorry that governments think they're in charge and, and, and you know, and whatever. Okay. But then I showed you Ephesians 4, 11 through 13. That he himself gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints. He put forth a, 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 a program, to, to say it simple, he, the, of, of pastors, teachers, and evangelists, and, and, and these guys up here to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Hello? Because I wasn't where you were today. Wherever you were today, whatever you did today, I wasn't there. Whoever you saw, hello? Bill, did you go to the cafe this morning? Oh, he went to the cafe. So he saw people I didn't see at the cafe. Hello? So how could I have ministered to him? I wasn't at the cafe. He was at the cafe. I wasn't where you were. Your job is to be ministers. Your job is to tell people and, 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 and show forth and to be a minister, okay? So what is a minister? Okay? We looked at this. I'm just, I'm just reviewing this stuff. It's all on the, on the last session. Uh, uh, ministry means service, ministering especially to, of those who execute the commands of others. That's what the word means. Our job is to execute the commands of the Lord. Well, what's the commands of the Lord? Well, he already gave them to us. They're right here. Okay? Now, <clears throat> I want to just skip over. I'm skipping and so I'm messing up my outline, or actually the Holy Ghost is, because I want to go this direction, but I know that he wants me to go a different direction. So I want you to turn to Psalms 23. Now, oh, see, listen to that. Mm, we like that word. We like that word. <clears throat> okay, Psalms 23. I'm just going to read the whole thing. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. 
He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, you know, church, <clears throat> if, if, I'm, if I'm having trouble sleeping, I quote the 23rd Psalms, all right? I quote it King James because that's the way I learned it, okay? If, it, if I get off on another translation, I can't even quote it. I get all mixed up. And I start, I now, what was it? And so anyway, I got to quote it King James because that's the way I learned it's what's in me, okay? But I'll lay there in bed, and if I'm wrestling with anything or thoughts are coming to me, whatever, I start saying, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not. Sometimes I get off. You know what I'm saying? I get off like I get, I get off. Now, that wasn't the right verse. I make myself start over. And I keep doing this until I guarantee you what, I'll be sound asleep in no time at all. 23rd Psalms always delivers me. Anyway, <clears throat> here's the point I want you to see. I want you to look back at verse 5. <clears throat> Excuse me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, and my cup runs over. Okay, think of this for a minute. Why would you want to be sitting at a table with a cup that's running over. Now, I, I try not to be a messy husband, but I, I have this problem. Like in the morning when I'm making coffee, I make coffee in a French press. And so I don't know if I'm just not, my eyes aren't focused or what the deal is, but you know, you know how when you start, if you if ever made coffee in a French press, you're pouring it in and it starts, the water starts coming up, but it, you know, it puts a, gets a head on it, you know? It's got some foam on the top. And if you don't watch what you're doing, you can overfill with water so that when you push the plunger in, it looks like it's going to behave itself, but then all of a sudden it starts coming out and then it gets a big deal. I see Dr. Brown's back there shaking his head because he must have done this. And then you've got coffee sitting there. It's, it's overflowed. And I tried to not do this, but I'm like 50%. <clears throat> but I just cleaned my mess up. But I clean it up, right? It's an over, it's, it's something, I, I, I don't want my coffee to overflow because then I have to clean the mess up. Hello? So why would you be wanting to sit at a table with a cup that keeps overflowing? Ooh, no, don't steal my thunder here, brother. Okay? So when you look up the word runneth over, okay, it literally means saturation is what the word means. It means to run over. It also sometimes gets translated in some of the scriptures with wealth. You know, in the days of like Solomon, when they came in to build Solomon's temple, and they said they brought in all the silver and it became so much that they had to pile it up in heaps. It gets to be the same connotation of the word there. There's too much you have an overabundance. It's, it's you know... More than enough, and it, and then, but then it's almost like, it's almost like it's a burden because you got to go do something with it. Now you wouldn't think that wealth, money, would ever get to be a burden. You had so much of it, but it did happen to Solomon. They had to pile it up. It was just piled up everywhere, and they were out mowing the grass and had to weed eat around it. 
Right? Okay. It means, it also means abundant satisfaction. All right? But I want you to think about saturation. So, if you're ministering from a full cup, all right, and then you share with somebody, because you got to understand something, we're all ministers, right? If you're a born-again believer, you're a minister. So if you're a parent just taking care of your children, you're still a minister because those children are given to you by God, and you're, what's the word I'm looking for? You're overseeing their lives and trying to mature them and help them out. So you're being a minister. But if you're being a minister, because you're all, you are a minister, and so what you're doing is a minister, everything you're doing, if you run a business, you're doing anything, you're still a minister if you're a born-again Christian because you're supposed to be giving and showing them Jesus, right? So if you're only dealing with a full cup, then what's going to happen at the end of the day? Your cup's going to be less, right? It's going down. So then what's going to happen to you? Hear me now. Because what's going to happen to you is you're going to get to be the squeaky wheel. You're going to get to be the griper and the complainer. You're going to start to see things negatively. You're going to start to see things as, you're going to start to look out there and say, God's not here. Why? What's wrong is your cup's empty. Or it's not full enough for you. Because see, folks, you got to understand something. We, we want to say, oh, well, ministers are the paid preachers or whatever. No, no, no. You're a minister. Everything you do is ministry. You went to the grocery store. You're still being a minister. How are you going to treat the, 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 the uh, checkout girl? Think about this for a minute. How many times have you been in a checkout line that you did not want to be a minister? Or maybe the ministry was to yourself trying to keep your tongue in your mouth. Instead of thinking negative thoughts and saying, what is wrong with these people? Why aren't they moving? Hello? Look at all the stuff they got in that basket. I'm the person who goes and I, I scout the lines before I would ever get in one. And nothing irritates me more than to scout the line and there's just like, this guy doesn't have much. Okay, I want to get in his line. He's going to go fast. And something's wrong. His credit card won't work or something won't go through. And then I'm just like, what in the world? When I look at the person in the big basket, they're leaving. I'm like, I should have been over there. Okay, ministry then is inside. Because I'm trying to keep myself where I'm supposed to be, hello? But if I have an empty cup, i got nothing to minister even to myself. So what happens when we have an overflowing cup? Well, if your cup is overflowing, that means you have enough to give out, right? But still plenty for yourself. So how are you going to have an overflowing cup? <clears throat> Word's a good place to be. Fellowship. Folks, listen to me. You are not going to fill your cup unless you spend time with the Lord. Now, how do you do that? Well, that's up to you. It could be in worship. It could be listening to worship music. It could be, uh, uh, you know, your, your time in prayer. It could be in t your time of reading the word. It could be in time of intercession for others. It could be in, you know, what I'm, whatever it is that lights your fire. But how do you know if your cup's full? Well, I'm going to tell you. <clears throat> your cup, you know your cup's full. If you're not grumpy, that's the, that's, the, that's the easiest way I can say it tonight. That is as plain of English as I can get. If you're not grumpy, 
your cup's full. If you are a Christian and you're grumpy, your cup ain't full. I mean, there's no other way to look at it. I'm going to be nice. I want to come up with some great message of some great illuminating word. But the truth of the matter is, that's the bottom line. If everything looks hard, everything looks bad, you, you, you're dreading the day. You don't want to go out there. You don't want to see anybody. You get in the car and you're going down the road, Jesus, I love you. I pray I don't see nobody today, dear God. See no people. I'm all burning hell, God. You ain't got nothing in your cup. Your cup's empty. And you can put on the smile. Oh, hi. How's everything? Yeah, it's good. I'll praise the Lord Jesus. I love you. And then as soon as you get in the car, your face goes down. You go back to Grumpyville. You're, you're just faking it. Your cup is not full. Now, now I'll tell you, there's, there's no way. You can't just go to the Lord once and say, oh, God, fill my cup. Okay? I don't know how many times in life it took me when I first started pastoring and preaching that I would do a service and then I would leave and I would be feeling, I would, I would have this sense that I left something. You know, like I left my wallet or I, did I get my Bible? Or, you know, I always, and then finally one day it dawned on me, I did leave something. I left what was in me there, right? But if you do that all the time and you don't fill your cup up till it, overflows and then maintain an overflowing cup then what's going to happen is i'm going to keep overflowing then my cup stops then my cup starts to go down then i start getting grumpy and then unless i let that let my cup get full and then overflow and minister out of the overflow well then i'm gonna i'm, I'm just gonna be grumpy So the litmus test in your life tonight is simply this. Are you grumpy? I'll be honest with you. When I'm, when I'm, when I'm staying full of the word, now I do all kinds of crazy things to keep me full of the word, okay? And, of course, I'm giving out a lot. And, uh, and so I do all kinds of crazy things. You know, I, I find preachers that I like, old preachers, Listen to them, listen to the message, preach with them the message. I, I let that speak to me. Sometimes I don't realize my cup's overflowing or it's really all that full until something happens and I, this big word comes out of me. I'm like, wow. Like right now, I've got like six messages I'm working through. There has been times I'm like Sunday morning, nine o'clock saying, Jesus, give me something to preach. Lord God. <laughs> But right now, I got six running at the same time. It's hard for me to remember which one I'm working on. All right? Only because I have just really focused because we're, we're in a situation where I know I need a, a word from the Lord, and I'm just pressing and pressing and pressing. And so every moment of my day, I'm pressing, I'm pressing, I'm pressing. Discouraging thoughts come. I say, I don't have time to listen to you. I don't have time to even deal with you. I don't have time to deal with what is our government doing. Listen to me. I'll just be honest. I don't have time to deal with the Russians. I don't have time to deal with the Iranians, the Chinese. I ain't got time to sit around and worry about it. I ain't got time. Who's going to be president? If Trump come back and be president, is that going to happen over here? We're going to be killed by this? A virus coming over here? Is what's this new thing over there? What did Fossey do? What's going on? I don't have time to mess with that. I mean, I, may, I want to keep myself abreast just to know if I walk out of my house and come to town. We didn't get taken over by the Russians. You know, I'd like to know before I went down to get a sack of feed. 
What's that guy doing out there? Well, the Russians took over last night. You know, I'd like to be up a little bit, but I'm not going to spend a lot of time dwelling on it because it doesn't, it's not building me. You with me? You know, I'm not, I'm not worried. I'm not worried about how much ammunition we got or if we got a shortage or whatever. I won't believe my gun just keep firing. Hey, man, if God could multiply, you know, bread, he can multiply shells. I don't know. I'm just not going to worry about it. I don't have time to worry about it because it doesn't fill my cup. I want to know the word of the Lord. We're going to create in this new sanctuary out here. We're going to create a freedom center that is going to be so unbelievably beautiful. It's going to be better than Solomon's gardens. I didn't see them. But I know there was supposed to be something amazing. It's going to be breathtaking. All right? So I went back to, I, I've been studying gardens. You know where I've been looking? Not home and gardens. I've been right here. I'm finding every garden in the Bible. Because I want a garden when somebody walks into just begins to weep because the presence of God is so great there. Gets them saved, set free, baptized in the Holy Ghost, and they leave with their cup overflowing. And I don't have to do anything. I can sit at home on my porch and drink coffee. Listen to this. I'm getting off here, but y'all just bear with me. When Solomon built the temple, it was such an amazing place, such an amazing glory lifting up to God that he said, no matter where you are, if you just turn that away and pray, I'll answer your prayer. Did it for Solomon. He can do it for living waters. Where are we going to put our faith? We're going to sit there and say, oh, woe is me. We ain't good. Well, you ain't got nothing in your cup. Our job is to have our cups full to overflowing and minister out of the overflow. Just splashed on people. And then, man, life gets good. I've always told my wife this, and it's not a good statement, but I've always told her, I said, you know, if, there, if it wasn't for people, man, my life would be easy. But the truth of the matter is, I'd miss the whole point, right? Jesus called us to minister to people. And so you can't go be, you know, there was this time and period, they called them the pillar saints. And literally these monasteries, they literally crawled, they built these enormous towers, pillars of rock up, and then they just went and sat on them. Well, I mean, you know what? You, you, you ought to have a good time with the Lord if you're just sitting up on top of a big flat pillar overlooking everything. I mean, they built these things hundreds of feet. And then they just sat up there, talked to God. Well, my goodness, if you can't have a full cup doing that, well, you got nobody pulling on you, you're not ministering to anybody, there's something wrong with you. But nobody got ministered to. Just them. And God's calling us to a time where we're got to have so much overflow. When you just go and tell somebody, hey, how you doing? They got touched by Jesus. Peter, when he walked, his shadow fell upon people and they were healed. Well, it's time that our cups are so overflowing that when we just greet people, talk to people, whatever, they know they have been in the presence of God. Not because you're so good, but because your cup's just full and overflowing. Now, if you go back and you look at Psalms 23, what does it say? It says, you anoint my head with oil, and then the cups start overflowing, right? So is not Jesus the one who fills the cup to overflowing? So then why don't you just spend time with Jesus? And that you're going, your cup's going to be overflowing. 
He's the one doing it. You cannot fill your cup to the point I'm making. I mean, I have seen Christians spout word out of their mouth that was word, good word, and then turn right around and go over there and talk trash. Why? Because you can't fill your own cup. You can't make it up. It either is your cup is full and it's your source of life. It's the river of living water down on the inside of you and it's flowing up out of you and it really does flow out. Because I want to tell you something. I've lived with a full cup and then it drains out and I get filled back up and it drains out and I get filled back up and it drains out and I get filled back up and it drains out. It's hard. It is hard. And I'm not going to tell you that I, I'm not, I haven't been grumpy myself. I'm not, I'm not going to sit up here and lie to you and say, oh, I don't ever get grumpy. My cup's always full. I'm just flowing in the Holy Ghost. No, but what happens to me is when I realize what's coming out of my mouth, I stop and say, that's not right. I'm not right. My cup's not. I'm not ministering out of the overflow. I'm ministering, and my cup is low, and it needs to be filled to overflowing. So... Man, I got so much more. Okay, let me just give you these, these things. You can just write them down, and I'll go over them all again later. You have a purpose. This is why you have to have a full cup. You all have a purpose, okay? The first thing your purpose is is to let your light shine, okay? Matthew 5, 16. The second thing is, is in your purpose in life is that you have to have a vision. You have to stay focused. Matthew 6, says, the lamp of the body is the eye. The, therefore, your eyes good, your whole body is full of light. But if your eyes bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, oh, how great is that darkness? If you focus on the darkness and keep your eye on the darkness, you are going to be dark. But if you focus on the light and the, and, and the, the goodness of God's word, then that's what's going to come out of you, okay? The, the what did I, how am I at? One, two. The third thing is that Proverbs 16.1, you have to keep your heart with all diligence. Now, it's not easy to maintain an overflowing cup. You have to work at it, okay? But if you keep your heart right, it really becomes a simple, ongoing thing, all right? The fourth thing, then, would be you. Proverbs 8.34. It says, blessed is the man who listens to me. Man, what else can you say? Blessed is the man who listens to me. So the fourth thing there is you got to keep your ears open for direction. You may be, you may have a hole in your cup that needs to be repaired. You may be needing to go to freedom prayer to find out why your cup keeps leaking out. You may just have a hole, a little seep in your cup. You all with me? You're draining, it's going out, and you didn't know it was going out. But it's not going out as an overflow. It just seeped out the bottom. Those are come. Those happen when, when we have holes that need to be repaired, and uh, that can only happen when God's there. Okay, I'm not going to share this last thing. I'll just make another message out of it, re-preach the whole thing again, and get these other four points. <clears throat> I call it the three sixteens. It's funny. I call it the three sixteens. But I have four. I have four 316s. So I guess it should be called the four 316s instead of the 316s. But anyway, of some scripture that I just want to give you. So does this help you tonight? So if you're grumpy, I don't want you to be condemned. Okay? Hear me now. 
Don't be condemned. Don't just say, oh, I don't know, I'm grumpy. God doesn't love me. No, God is always going to love you. But he doesn't want you to be grumpy. He wants you to be anxious for nothing. But in everything, be dwelling in his glory. Hello? So the answer to it is an overflowing cup. Not an empty cup, not a half full cup, not a three-quarter full cup. Not a cup that you fill up every day, but you only get it half full. And to know the litmus test to know is how grumpy are you? How well can you tolerate anything that doesn't go your way? How about that one? Hmm. You know, I think all of us, we start out good when things aren't going our way, and we press forward, and we're like, you know, have a good file. Yeah. But then after a while, you know, it, it depends on how long you can endure. And then, then finally when you break and then everything comes out, well, then the bottom line was you, you know, you just drained your cup. There wasn't nothing down there but just the dregs on the bottom. The little fine coffee grounds. That's all there was. It's all gone. Amen? So you're going to keep a full cup. You're going to do it by spending time with Jesus, and you're going to have to figure out your own ways and times of doing that. If you think you got a hole, you need to talk to Dr. Brown or one of the Freedom Prayer people. Go through Freedom Prayer. Get that hole patched. God has an unbelievable J.B. well that he puts on cups that are broken. Got a cracker, cracker seep in it. Amen? Amen. Well, stand to your feet. See, also, it also happens when I've got a cup that's overflowing. I don't want to quit. But that's okay. Leaves me more for next week. So I want to pray for you. I want to bless all y'all. I want to pray for you. So let me just do that. Father, right now in Jesus' name, I just pray for everyone. Everyone listening, everyone watching, everyone in here tonight. Lord, I just declare that, Lord, we're going to grab hold of this revelation of having a cup that overflows. We're not going to minister and, and live our lives from empty cups or half-full cups or three-quarter full cups. Lord, we're going to be overflowing cups. And Lord, I know that that comes from spending time with you. So Lord, I thank you that this message sinks into their hearts. There is no condemnation. Lord, if there's conviction, that's one thing. But if there's no condemnation, we're not going to give up. We're not going to quit. We're not going to say, oh, it's too hard. No, Lord, just a moment in your presence fills our cups up to overflowing. You're the one who anoints us and our cups overflow. So, Lord, I just declare people are going to get in your presence. They're going to find your presence and your power, and it's going to, their cups are going to overflow. It's going to change their lives. It's going to change their families. It's going to change everything that they're doing in their businesses and everything in life. And, Lord, no more of the grumpies, but, Lord, we just got the Holy Ghost shout in our life. And, Lord, we give you praise for it. Bless all their finances. Bless everything going on in their lives, Lord. We thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. God bless you, church.